0: Network. Browns fans talking to Browns fans. My mama cooks in Italy, my mama swims in Argentina, mama's got a chunga, My mama's working Venezuela, mama likes Cinderella, mama's got a chunga, I say hola, hola. Hola, Bussanova. I say yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, was that uh, about exactly what I'm, I'm pretty close to exactly what I expected. Well, I mean, I don't know exactly what I expected, but close to that, close to that, we end up uh, losing uh, handily to the Minnesota Vikings in London, the first time that the Browns ever playing across the pond. And they uh, fall to the Vikings, who now go to six and two on the regular season, and we fall to zero and eight in a game that we really were in. And really, I mean, the final score may not um, you know show really how this game went um, for a variety of reasons that uh, I'm going to get into. I think first f- f- we'll talk a couple of positives. Um, There are to take out from this game, believe it or not, even, you know, with looking at the score, looking at the performance, looking at 0-8, you know, what, 1-23 or whatever it is, go go stew over it, be mad about it. You know, I'm I'm not going to try to talk anybody out of that necessarily. I'm just going to tell you what my perspective is, pretty much, you know, based on what my expectations were, both going into this game, coming into the season, and then seeing how this game unfolded. This game is a, we could have won this game. It was not impossible for us to win this game today. Uh, it didn 't happen because um well, for a variety of reasons it, lot lots of things led to the final score uh bryce tregg's guy that i 've been really high on since he came to the team, and you know thought he and he did contribute some today, um, but he contributed in a bad way early with the muff punt that essentially gave well i mean the first place we get the turnover to start the game. And then immediately, Crowell makes it pay off with a touchdown. It's like, all right, that's awesome. You can't, you can't uh, ask for a better start than that. But then immediately, 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 something good happens, and then something bad happens. We miss the extra point. Of course, of course, we miss the extra point. So it's six nothing. It should be seven nothing. Then we stop them again uh, on our next, you know, defensive uh, effort. And we get the ball. It's going to have good field position, and Tregs muffs the punt. And a muff, if you're not familiar with the difference between a muff and a fumble, if you're fielding a punt, all you have to do is touch the ball. You don't even have to. If you're the receiving team, all you have to do is touch the ball. You don't even have to possess it. If the other team then if if you do not secure possession and the ball hits the ground that's called a muff it's not a fumble it's a muff the opposing team the kicking team can then recover the kick they can't advance it but they can recover and that's what happened the vikings recovered um they did get hit with a penalty on that which and but defense held up and um help made it only 3 points but that was 3 points that they got gifted and another point that we should have had—that's four-point swing immediately, early on in the game—should be seven nothing, but instead it's um, seven to three or six to three. You have that happening, and, and you have—not necessarily in sequential order here—you have Crowell's fumble. Guys had five lost fumbles his entire career. And he has a fumble today that you know leads again to gives you know, right at the beginning of the second half after you know uh, we had the lead at that point thirteen to twelve you know after playing um, and, and I'm not gonna trust me I'm not gonna run past the end of the first half because terrible sequence to end the first half but then beginning the second half um, Crowell fumbles that was another gift three points the, you know mentioned the end of the first half we go down um, after. They uh, score because we end up giving up a, uh, a touchdown to them. With it, uh, it was basically the same type thing that happened with um, Jabril Peppers a couple of weeks ago against Houston. Except Peppers didn't play today, so today it was Ibrahim Campbell that was out of position and give up, you know, gave up a touchdown, uh, which. Made it a, and then they missed the extra point too. It was actually blocked, got a hand on it, so it was nine to six at that point. We then go down, score a touchdown. Kids Zeppelin, um, who we talk about definitely, he goes down, scores, uh, really puts together a nice drive, scores at the end of the uh, the half there. And okay, this is where this is where it's a problem. You get the ball down there, and you got the clock running. You run a play. The clock is still running. There's 40 seconds left. You've got, we've got at that point. I think we either had all three of our timeouts or we had two timeouts left at that point. I think we had two timeouts left at that point. And with 40 seconds left, we call timeout. And immediately, I'm, yeah, you know, I'm like, no, we we should have done there. I mean, if Minnesota calls a timeout, they call a timeout. What are you going to do? But you don't make it easy for them. What you do is you you know, let it run down to about because you're you're either going to do. Because in my mind too, if you if you don't get it on third down, you got to kick the ball there. I'm all for going for it on fourth down and and goal with uh, two yards or less. I'm all for doing that if you have ample time in between the halves. But if it's at the end of the half like that and you've got it, especially the game that's uh, 9-6 at that point, then you've got to, if you don't get it in the end zone on third down, then you got to kick the ball. And you do that with giving them as little time as possible. You know, you always want to mitigate your, unless they, uh, you know, if they use their own timeouts, there's nothing you can do about that. But we call a timeout with 40 seconds left. On the next play, or with 41 seconds left, whatever it was. Next play, uh, Kid Zeppelin um, takes it in on a QB sneak, and we take the lead, um, at that point uh I we uh like I said we uh it, it was uh 12 or 13 to 9. I was trying to think of doing the math in my head. Extra point was good. It was 13 to 9 at that point, but there's still all kinds of time left. And then what do what does uh Minnesota do? You know, they're able to hit a couple of plays, pop it downfield and they hit a field goal. And then something else happened too. This is another bad thing that happened. Okay, so we call a timeout in a bad spot there. We still have a timeout, and now I'm thinking that we actually had three timeouts when we called our first timeout there with 40 seconds left. Because then uh, Laquan Treadwell makes a catch at the sideline that puts them in an advantageous spot to hit a short field goal going into the halftime. And to my mind, he didn't follow through with the catch. Like, it looked to me like he, he caught it, took a couple of steps, landed out of bounds. Like, all that is fine, but then the ball popped out. And I've seen so many times it get turned over, and yeah, inside of two minutes, you can't um, challenge. But you can call timeout, and you can kick up a fuss on the sideline like, hey, check that out. And maybe if you call timeout, you, you know, um, cause the the refs to or the guys in New York to say, hey, let's take a look at that. That's just one of those things that you do. That you know, it doesn't. It's not certainly not guaranteed that it can work, but you know, um, gives you a shot anyway. You should try it. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's. I think when it's questionable like that, it's kind of the situational awareness that people have been hard on on uh, Coach Hugh Jackson about, and and it's it's understandable. I'm, I'm not going to begrudge anybody that uh, perspective today. Because there were definitely there was those calls in particular were just kind of bad game management play calling and not play calling necessarily but just time and situation what you got to do you know and then and then another thing that ended up happening is we ended up wasting a timeout on I believe on the drive that we ended up missing the field goal uh, to begin the second half so you know where where we use a timeout where we shouldn't have. Uh, with, and then the the time management at the very end of the game. We have two timeouts, and instead we let the clock run all the way out instead of, uh you know, trying to preserve, trying to, it was, I mean, the clock management at the end of both halves was very, um, you know, head-scratching, and because of that, I mean, we're talking about, okay, a missed extra point, a missed field goal that we could have had. Um... That was was it was certainly within distance, right? Okay, so that's that's four points right there. You've got the the not you know the misuse of the timeouts. Assuming that they don't use a timeout to get their own, um, the misuse of the timeout is another three points. So that's seven, and then you've got the Treggs muff and the Crow fumble, and so that's six points on top of that. That's thirteen. Um. So I mean, that's that, that's uh that type of a swing. You know, what was the, the final margin of victory today? Was I mean, it would, it would, even with all of that going the other way, it would have made ultimate difference. I was the final score was a uh, thirty-three uh, to sixteen, so it was a uh, a seventeen point difference. We're talking, you know, thirteen point swing uh with all of with with all with those things that were all and this you know kind of goes back to uh the the whole you know young team you know these types of games are going to happen when you've got a whole bunch of young players there it's not all bad i there there is definitely uh, i'm i'm going to point to some positives i <laughs> i promise before this is all said and done we're going to talk about some actual decent good things that in my opinion that happened here uh today but um there was also a play earlier in the game where Kaiser, uh, you know, good, uh, pretty decent pass protection, and we'll talk about that too. Um, he ends up missing a play where he had an Injoku running. Njoku had beaten uh, the uh, the the safety Harrison something or other. I can't think of the guy's last name. But anyway, he gets the he gets by the safety there and wins that matchup. But he just had a little bit too much mustard on it. And so he doesn't, you know that that play doesn't work out. So we missed that opportunity. Um, you've got also, you know, along with the the stuff that all of this stuff is, um, you know, our own self imposed errors. How about we have first and goal at the one at the at the ten yard line, and I think that's after the day's return. Um, we end up getting a field goal on that drive, but. We, I mean, in a goal to go situation like that, especially after the way that we, the whole sequence leading up to that, we end up having a, you know, a couple of, you know, it's it's first and goal. We run on first down, get two yards. It's second and goal, I think, from the six. And instead of you know running it again as it's been effective, see, I think in that in that, see, in, that in that at that time right there, we're looking at I think ten minutes left in the second ha- in the in the third quarter, I think if if you know fuzzy on on the details specifically but I know that I'm in the I'm in the right range here. At that point, I I'm, I'm thinking you're going we're going to run the ball four times here. Because at, you know, second and goal from the six, I I'm pretty confident that I can get at least five yards in the next two plays. I'm pretty confident that I can get 2.5 yards in the next two carries. Even if all I'm doing is leaning Kaiser forward, and I'm not suggesting that you do that necessarily. Maybe you know do a fullback, uh, you know, run with Vitaly. I'm just saying that situation in that moment with this type of a team, you try to you know, you know, uh, you know, make make your mistakes less. There, I think that what you do is you know if you run it. And then if, if you go for it, it, it gets, you know, fourth and goal at the two or less, you go for it. And if you don't make it, it, you know, you drive. You have Minnesota driven all the way back, and the defense has been playing decently all day. And the defense did. I mean, again, you look at, you know, the final score. and you know, how the, the defense actually did play pretty well today. Um, but you had, along with the things that I mentioned, that kind of gave that put them in precarious spots, and they held up time after time, even after being put, you know, in those those disadvantageous positions. They they time after time were not they gave up field goals instead of touchdowns. But like any other time when you're put in that position, so many. Times, or I should say, in any other uh, uh, game where you're put, their your defense is constantly going out and having to time after time uh, cover a short field, or just you know being having you know running a whole bunch of plays. One of the things that happened early on in the game was because of the muff that Minnesota ran a whole bunch of plays, even though the defense was was stopping them, causing you know forcing them to the punt. They were still you know they're able to com- com- uh, convert enough. Uh, third downs, where they were just running a whole bunch of plays, holding time of possession, all that. Um, but again, the defense, you know, they held up time after time. But then in the second half, you know, again, I mentioned the uh, the Campbell mistake that led to the one touchdown. After you know getting the lead, we've got a you know I really I mean they drive the ball down the field. They get a couple of uh, play, really a nice play by Thielen. but then they get you know a, a couple of gifts. They get a. What I really consider a bad, and I don't want to blame, I don't blame officiating for losses or anything like that, but it was really a bad uh, pass interference penalty in the in the end zone that led to a um, a touchdown by McKinnon, and I'm I'm saying it was bad because the ball was uncatchable, and it just was not. Um, wasn't wasn't a proper call, but whatever. I mean, you, those things happen, and we didn't. You know, we immediately gave up the touchdown, and we gave up the two point conversion on consecutive plays, like it was, you know, like it was the easiest thing in the world with our run defense that has been, you know, we're pretty stout all year in that position, unable to come through. So you know, you have, you know, yeah, it's 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 unfortunate whenever you have disappointing things like a pass interference penalty happen, but you gotta, you know, and that and that that wasn't a a deal where the offense put them in a bad spot. They just, you know, got driven down the field on and gave up the touchdown and that then put us down by a touchdown our offense was unable to do really anything for the rest of the game um of of, of real import and a lot of that had to do with you know one of the things that kind of reared its its ugly head again today was uh, the drops by my count we had uh, three by Lewis uh, who I'm I mean I'm, yeah I mean he made a couple of plays too but I'm I'm I would really, really, I'd, I'd like to. Bug Howard was a guy we had like to see. Really, anybody else that could just hold on to the ball, because there was a lot of you know three drops and, and they were all like crucial. I like, would have converted third downs. Uh, a couple of drops by Njoku And Joku mentioned that he missed. He was missed on a long op- pass play opportunity, but he also had uh, drops and also one by Devalve that you know and and Kaiser, um, you know, get to him. But he he was he he. He had his his moments. He had a couple of, uh, you know, say, inaccurate uh, passes. Uh, Really not that bad of a problem. Certainly not as bad as it was uh, last week. Did not have... I did did not believe he he threw an interception today, which I believe that's the first game that he hasn't thrown an interception. Take the positive there. It's good. Uh, Probably... Um, You know, you got to take baby steps Overall, uh, maybe his best game since the Colts game Um, He made it through the whole game Which a lot of people speculated would not happen You know, in addition to the drops You have the one drive that really was the dagger That was the, you know, you have a killer uh, Roughing the passer penalty which you know kind of looked worse than it was because you know Collins is is making the tackle, but uh, I think it was Agba was underneath. Agba had a you know monster first half of the game. Uh, they, you know kind of made it look like it was a much more you know uh, a, you know a just you know bloodthirsty type play than it, it actually was. But that was 15 added on to you know a big completion that they had. Then you had a you know a killer pass interference uh, penalty. Where Taylor is, you know, arguing, but it's obvious that he did it. You know, he's, he's jawboning about it, but it's obvious that he did it. Then you have a defensive holding penalty on Mike Jordan, who otherwise looked pretty good today, and all of that led to a you know late touchdown, which that was basically it at that point put us uh, down by multiple uh, scores, and by that point we were uh, we were done. And it's a young team that when you have that many mistakes, when you have that many things that are going against you, and yeah, I mean, yeah, coaching, whatever, it's a young team. There's a lot of guys on this team that are developing, and a lot of them are developing very well. A lot of them are are developing very um, effectively in uh, this whole... Um, environment that has been put together by Hugh Jackson, Sashi Brown, uh, Jimmy Haslam, Paul DePodesta, De ha- the whole the whole team of people, and I would hope that today more is more encouraging than discouraging because this is a team that is first in their division. Yeah, Case Keenum is not a great quarterback, but he's played fairly decently this year. And he is, um, you know, leading a a, – has kept it rolling for – and again, when you give a team like Minnesota, that's a good team altogether. Jarek McKinnon, I think, is a good running back, and he made um, a lot of plays today that I I think – we had – you know, certainly, you know, the storyline going in, we had a lot of guys that were out – uh, especially from the the three tech that we've gotten some great production from Coley and uh, Larry Ogan Joby. Those guys were both out today. We saw Brantley on the field along with um, uh, McGill and some of that. But it was just you know not in key moments uh, late in the game. McKinnon really won that battle. He certainly won it at the goal line. That. Uh, you know, put them ahead, and then you know later on that drive. Like I said, they they, they were able to um to exploit just the, a, a tire defense later on. Um, and so I don't know what the stats end up looking like. I haven't looked at that, but they, they, they I mean, they, they probably ran the ball on us better than most people have. But I think that even that is that's to me that's not really indicative. Like I'm not, I don't, I don't really care about stats anyway. Like I don't really care what our rushing, um, like it's like oh we were, we were fifth overall against the road. You know we gave up a lot of yards I don't really care. But I do like I, I like I don't think that the problem of us giving up a lot of rush yards today. It has to do with. Um, you know, a, a bad structural team from the front seven, as much as it is a preponderance of injuries. Um, you know, being on the field for a lot of plays, and uh, you know, a a scheme that would give up, I think, at some points in the game some running plays in order to shut down the pass. And I think that, on balance, as I say, the defense played well enough for us to win this game, but for the mistakes that were made that gave them a lot of. Uh, you know, uh, free all of a sudden we have problems with these defensive pass interference and holding and defensive holding penalties and all this stuff where we haven't had that. You know, I was talking about this earlier this week where last week we had all of a sudden the defense was jumping off sides. You know, they had that one graphic too, where it was like all these penalties were on the defense and none of them were on the offense. And, you know, 20 minutes into this, I think that it's pretty good for me to, um, uh, you know, show my excitement for the play of Spencer Drango today. I know that he gave up a, t- a sack uh, later at, v- at the very end of the game to Everson Griffin. For the most part, for the most part, when this game was in. Um was in question drango held his own today against griffin drango i, I look at you, you don't want to uh, jinx it or whatever and i don't think that i i don't think that you can I, the way that i think that it works is it's it's fair game to talk about what happened and i think you, you just me personally and i'll certainly want to be able to watch the all 22 as soon as it comes out and really uh break down the performance. And we have a bye week, so hopefully that could be like that might be a a, a subject of a of a Sunday post. It's just breaking down Spencer Durango at left tackle today, but just from the way it looked, and I really tried to key in on that position as much as possible. Uh, you know, as you follow the uh, the flow of action and so forth, it's it's difficult to to watch individual position mat- positional matchups and so forth. But from what I saw, and just from the way that the game turned out, I don't know that y- I, I I don't know that you can be much more pleased, excited, enthusiastic enthusiastic about the play of Spencer Durango at left tackle today I think that is a huge huge uh, positive a plus a a um a a a yeah it, you, I, I, that was one of those things the matchup going into it today where you're thinking shoot you know they they either going to have to run with five offensive linemen and they were able effectively to chip with tight ends uh, but i mean ultimately kid zeppelin had time today to throw the ball uh and, and the offense was once again very simplified so that helped but drango just in, in a i mean because people i think were expecting Uh, He, uh, because he was very, he really came in, you know, cold off the bench last week against Brian Arakpo, and struggled mightily, and that led to, um, you know, a lot of basically thwarted the effort to again a winnable game, our most winnable game as it turned out of the year against the Titans last week but um this week you know with a full week of practice with the first team much 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 better performance by drango so that's that's one of these things that you, I think you have to be you have to take that away as a, a positive a real good because the offensive line has been a relative strength not a relative it's been a it's been a great strength all year long of course when you've got possibly the best left tackle of all time playing there you know that that helps with the left side but Joe batonio's played very well at left guard Treader's been solid at center. Um, Zeitler's been good at right guard, and Coleman, you know, at right tackle. This, the whole, uh, on the whole, the offensive line has been good, very to very good all year long um, with, without the first game at Pittsburgh, where a lot of that had to do with Kaiser's um, uh, processing speed and so on. But to uh, to play a game, I mean, he gives up the sack, you know, really in garbage time, really. Li- and and honestly, that sack, when you look at it, was caused by the pressure that came. That you know, Kaiser was dodging that, and then Griffin is there for the cleanup, you know, on it. But really, Drango, um, I, you got to give him. I, I don't. I, this, this is one where I I, I I I am and I'm not curious to see what the PFF grade is going to be. But to my eye, and really, like I say, I'm going to break it down it's when when it's available on the uh, the the all 22, and, and try to keep up with me, Darth, the all 22, the sophisticated, uh, you know, uh, coach scouting jargon. I should probably let that let that joke die. But the uh the 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 tape, I, I think will show that he held his. Own. And I mean, there was lots of one on one moments where you know he he held his own. He held and he played left tackle a lot, you know, in college. Uh, He's just played guard for most of his career. But here's a guy that if he's able, look, if he's able to step in and play about like that. Uh, whatever you could say, you could say that the performance today by Drango was about as good as the Austin Reader uh, performance last year, with the exception that he didn't get you know carted off the field you know at the end of it. So Drango holds up and plays the whole game at left tackle, holds up pretty well at the position. If he's able to give that level of performance for the rest of the year, you got to look at that pick, that selection by this front office as an absolute grand slam. Because a guy that can come in and just off the and be able to and leave the rest of the line intact. Because I was thinking maybe we maybe we push Petonio out there because he played a lot of tackle at uh, at Nevada. Maybe we uh, put Sean Coleman over there and let Zach Banner uh, play at right tackle. No, they didn't do any of that. They just left everybody in their spot and just plugged in Drango. Uh, Second-year guy, uh, I think he was a, what was he, a fifth-rounder? Was he, It was either a fourth-rounder or a fifth-rounder, I believe. You plug that guy in, and he plays a serviceable left tackle. I know in a game that you lose 33-16, uh, to 16, you know, you, <laughs> you listen to a guy be excited about about things like the, the play of the left tackle. But seriously, that that was something that I thought was just going to be an insurmountable obstacle, and it wasn't. That was not the reason that we end up getting uh, beat down, ultimately. The reason that that happened is because you had a lot of, um, you know, rookie mis- rookie and second-year player mistakes that reared it's, itself in ways that, that – and, and, and uncharacteristic things. You know, Tregs you know, was able to field every other punt just fine, actually contributed okay. Um, the, the special teams overall did good in both the uh, coverage and the uh, the return game. You know, people can complain about Tabes, but you know they were on point today, and they usually are. I think that on I, I think that actually Tabor gets a, a bad rap, but whatever. That, that's a, that's that's probably going to have to uh, be a, um, a a longer conversation at some point, specifically about him, because a lot of people kind of uh, are amazed that he's still with the team and call for him to be fired all the time and all this. Which is fine people can, can do what they want to do, but uh, like I say, just for uh, for me, it, the, the, the special teams overall was solid today, except Treggs has the muff, and that gives him three points. Crowell has had five lost fumbles his entire career. Um, I think that he had he didn't have one all year today, and he gives it up on the first play of the second half. and then you know and it was a good play too. And that was another three points that I broke it down I think it was like 13 point swing that um, that we, that we could have had or that we gave away to them and then when you throw I mean but it, look all that adds up to we lost. We got beat up and beat down by a better team and but I mean it was a team that we hung with for a good portion of this game. And it's the type of game, today's the type of game, that I kind of expect this team to have. And I'm really, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving this uh, game, too, because really the play of Deshaun Kaiser, The offense kind of was a hybrid of the, you know, dumb it down to the point where it's just kind of easy reads, easy throws, easy completions, uh, for the most part. But again, a lot of drops. You know, our guys uh, on the receiving end didn't didn't follow through with their uh, uh, end of the equation, in my humble, if estimable, opinion. But, you know, then he also d- still did, you know, a lot of the uh, the plays to the sideline, the Carbash plays. Um, and, and I thought that he performed well. I thought overall today, Deshaun Kaiser you know, like I say, he may have played his best game of the year, or his uh, second best game, if you think that the, the Colts game was uh, his best game of the year. But there weren't You know, a whole lot They said they were misplayed in Joku But there weren't really a whole I know, and there was There was a really bad uh, pass in the red zone That could have been Again, getting knocked up in the air It it, it fell harmlessly to the ground but it could have been picked, and that's one that you looked as like. Arr! But see, to my mind, that was that was in that same spot where why were we even throwing it there? Why why not just you know okay fine I understand lining up line him up in the pistol and let's do some some kind of you know just something where you're you know you're getting him out, uh, you know running him out and you're gonna get even if you only get t- a couple three yards then he got third and goal from the three. See what I'm saying? It's there there is there is an issue. I understand people taking issue with Hughes situational. Um, football But a couple of things about that um, Because I, I, as I'm going through the game I'm like, you know, I would be doing it this way I would be doing it that way I'm a Madden guy and I, I'll be honest with you i played enough Madden That, you know, I, I have Like, this stuff is second nature to me As far as what you do in a given circumstance You know, that's why that whole sequence At the end of the first half I'm thinking, no, you let it run down If they call a timeout They call a timeout, alright That's, you know, then they have Fewer timeouts on the other side Of, of the deal And maybe that's... You know, timeouts are are precious. Timeouts have to be used, you know, in a certain way. If you're going to get um, the maximum opportunities, and also if you want to try to cause your opponent to have fewer than the maximum, you know, number of opportunities. You know, that's all part of this. But, you know, yeah, that is something that the coach can be good at or be bad at. And yes, that can ultimately you know, caused you a game. But the three points that Hugh gave up by, uh, you know, the the, the, the the timeout, if if in fact that did, because, you know, who knows, they could have seen that the clock was running down a call timeout and still ended up getting the three points later on. The not calling timeout later, you know, in the half that caused them to, because who knows, they still want to get the field goal, even if that play is overturned. I'm talking about the catch by Treadwell before the end of the first half. But still, you want to see, you know, you, you want to see that, you know, you want you want to at least... Do that and make them look at it Or at least, you know, make them th- suggest that they might want to look at it, right? I mean, you can't make anybody do anything But you might, you know, compel them to If they, like, hey, wait a second here The ball came out there, maybe we should take a look But no, you know, instead within, you know, 30, 35 seconds The the uh, the Vikings line up and of course they convert a, a field goal uh, And their kicker, you know, performed And they, they they were able to convert on those Whereas we weren't and so you add all that together, it leads to a better team beat us in a uh, a tough spot in a game that we were really not only competitive in, but a couple of things go differently. We really could have been ahead by, you know, we could have been ahead by a lot. And then, you know, who knows? Maybe they still go down and score some points. But uh, And then, uh, you know, uh, Calhoun uh, ends up coming off the field late in the game. Uh, Collins ends up, you know, coming off the game late. He did go back in there, though. Uh Ogba, as I say, he he looked very good early on. Nasib showed up and played well today, even without some guys that you know would be on the field with us. What I'm saying is, there was a cur- it was an encouraging effort in many ways by the defense. It was an encouraging effort in many ways by Kaiser. Um, it was not encouraging in terms of uh, Hughes' clock management and so on. Um, but you know, uh, what, what I keep getting, what I keep not you know, finishing that thought with is. Clock management and and game strategy, you know, guys that everybody's nobody's good at it. It, it. Everybody is bad at it, and there are there are moments, there are circumstances. And I was talking with somebody about this, maybe it was Mantle the other day, where the coach is like, "Okay, look, I know why I'm doing this at this moment. It makes sense to me, and if things go a certain way." Um like you know maybe he just knows that that uh Minnesota is going to call a timeout there so he's going to do it instead so that way they can get the the play that they want because if they miss it on fourth down then they let it run down uh, yeah I, I i don't know i mean i'm saying that there's things that in the heat of the moment that a coach can decide that could be a bad decision or whatever um i, I admit that that's not... um but i'm saying that that's, that ultimately is not really the determining factor of whether or not a coach is good. And I know that a lot of people look at, you know, performance today, performance this whole year, performance the whole time they've been on, you know, they, they've been running this operation and say, well, you know, what are you going to look at, especially when you look at this horrendous record? Uh, to, today, I thought for... Really, up until that dagger uh, sequence at the end, where you had the, the the pass interference, the roughing the passer, the defensive holding, uh, and then the guy gets the you know the feet inbounds. That that was really kind of the dagger. Uh, to, up until that point, we were in that game. We we had. Um, you know, we we were we were moving the ball better than I thought that we we, we really would against that really good defense. Uh, we were we were scoring some points even though we left a lot on the field. Uh, we were holding them even though we were giving them a lot of points. This is a game that we could have won, but ultimately the the better team, the team that has been together the most, uh, in, by comparison, I should say, between the two teams, certainly compared to us, by a lot longer. Um, they, the more experienced, they they, you know, they were able to make plays, and we weren't, and so we end up losing the game. And probably, whatever the spread was, I'm sure that uh, that they covered it. And not that that necessarily matters, but this is a team based on 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 what I saw. You know, it, it's like we I've talked about before when it comes to um, like college games. By the way, how about that uh, that that comeback by Ohio State last night? Oh, Nelly, that was that was some beautiful stuff uh, to see them come back. And uh, and win that game, and now I don't know what the rankings are. They may, have, I'm sure they're out by the time that you're hearing this, but that's got to put us in uh, in the spot, right? right. It's got to put us at least number four, especially with uh, TCU going down. So that's that's gonna, yeah, we're we're definitely gonna. I, I knew all along that if we, you know, even after losing uh, earlier on in the year, like if we, if we go the distance and win out in the Big Ten, and if we beat Michigan and and uh, win the Big Ten championship, we're gonna be there. And then it's just a matter of once you get there, you got to, you know, you got to not get shut out by Clemson. Although, you know, time will tell whether, you know, how this is all going to shape up. But as I'm saying in the and, and that was a game, you know, last year, a couple of bad things went, you know, the wrong way for Ohio State. and They just couldn't recover. I think that there is a lot to be said for momentum being a bigger thing for young teams or in the NFL. Like in, in college, you see these swings happen in bowl games. Or in big games, conference championship games, and so on, uh, because you get players that are just hyped up, and then when something bad happens, I always use this example a couple years back. Uh, oh, I think it was Oklahoma was playing USC, and like USC was the way, way, way better team, but they were playing Oklahoma, who was kind of an upstart uh, for the national championship, and you know Oklahoma was hanging on early on, but then it was it was a muffed punt. It was a muffed punt that USC recovered, and then they scored an easy touchdown, and it was all it was over after that. It was all over. After that There's the whole swing Of the game And I think that You see that in college You see that in the NFL Sometimes in conference Championship games Or in the Super Bowl Which is why Tom Brady's uh, Second half performance And comeback in that game Was just so ri- Ridiculous As far as uh, Accomplishments You know At the all time level Is concerned what they did coming back in that game was, you know, historic beyond beyond uh, measure. But uh, it, it, well, I'd not say beyond measure, but beyond any any comparison, nobody has even come close to doing that. And that's why I say it was the greatest game of all time. And what the the uh, what Brady uh, uh, delivered was that you puts him at the best quarterback of all time, as far as accomplishments and and all of that. But at any rate, not to get sidetracked on on, on that, I'm saying that. With us, we're a young team, and bad stuff happens in a game like this. And plus just the fact that by the time we got to the second half, uh, when you got receivers that are dropping passes, uh, that, that are uh, blowing up drives, it really wasn't the, the pass protection. The pass protection basically held up until the very, very end of the game. Um, you know, and, and Kaiser wasn't wasn't perfect. You know, he, he had zip on the ball, but... Uh, And I don't know what his stat line is, but I'm just talking about the way that the kid played. Um, And I need to maybe luxuriate on this a little bit. But the guy played today, I thought when he came out of the game last week that he had season-ending yips. And that was not the case at all. To go over to London, you know, you're 0-7. To play that kind of game, you know, to me, where he, you know, he didn't make any mistakes. He made some plays. He put the ball on the money in a lot of places. Where again, yeah, I, I counted at least like six drops. Uh, maybe when I go back and watch the tape, it'll it'll show fewer than that. But you know, all you can do is put the ball out there. And and I, what I'm saying is that the fact that he was able to come back and play the type of game he played the day after the benching, after I think what it is. It shows that um, that's a pretty big deal. It shows that what Hugh has done with him has not totally wrecked him, and the fact that the team has, even though the it's not today, we didn't lose the game, right? What did not happen today. Is we did not get just, you know, overwhelmed Because we played a team that had it together That was looking at the playoffs And we were a team that was just beaten Because of the whole, you know, losing That has been happening You know, we were we were game today We went out there and we played these guys We just had a lot of screw-ups And we, we've we had a lot of screw-ups all year And I know people are tired of that But it happens Still a young team We had a lot of screw-ups And we ended up losing the game um, handily But even with that um, there, there's positives uh, to come from it, and the fact that that uh, Kaiser went out there today and really, uh, I think, performed in a way that was not, um, it, it, it should have been rewarded by his receivers a little bit better, and, and it certainly calls for it. It 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 does. It certainly um, leaves a, a crack in the door open. Of okay, maybe 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 we need to to uh, be a little bit. Uh, slow down. The the uh, Kaiser is not the answer. Can't possibly be the because that was a that, the the level of improvement. I think that was shown in this game, even with a couple of inaccurate passes here and there. Um, overall, the, the the plays that were made and you know the leadership that was shown and just overall, I, I see it as improvement. And the fact that you could have... Just even the fact that he was able to mentally come back and have some improvement after what has happened this year, I think is a really, really good sign. And the team, even though, even though they end up losing by 17... They didn't give up at all in the fourth quarter, even after all the bad stuff that had happened. And okay, you're clearly going to lose to a clearly better team. They still were out there fighting. They were still out there giving it their their A plus effort. And with all, the reason that I was so upset about the Hogan uh, insertion, you know, benching Kaiser at halftime and putting Hogan in there, and then bringing uh, Cod out last week, and you know, after all, and. And then why I was encouraged that they went back to Kaiser after going to Kessler last week Is because the team has seemed to have stuck together The team has not been, um, you know, bogged down by, by all of this The team obviously believes what Hugh is telling them And it's going to, I really do believe this, it's going to lead to some wins Plural it may only be two, but I'm convinced that we're going to win some games before this year is out. Because if you look at a game today, we, were, we 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 could have we could have blown this thing open potentially. And there's some young guys on this team that, if man, if we could just get the offense and the defense to hit. And, you know, have Lewis not drop so many passes and, you know, maybe uh, and, and have not and, and don't have a muff and don't have a fumble and don't have bad clock management where we score a touchdown. And that's it. That's all that happens to end the first half. And we don't miss extra points. We, I, I'm, I know we can put together a game or two like that. And if we do that, that's kind of like my new benchmark. You know, what if we don't? What if we go zero sixteen? If we go zero sixteen, you know, it, I, I, it's going to be very difficult, obviously, to justify keeping Hugh around. I admit that. I know that. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think that you know today is a game, and last week was a game that, that shows that um, we, we, we we could we can win some games, and we've had what four games this year where we've lost by three points. Um, I think that there's going to be a game. I still think there's going to be a game this year where we go out and just beat the hell out of somebody. It it, it could have been today, but you know case keenum's not a good nfl quarterback but he's he's better than he's gotten better as the year which does speak to the whole you know let a guy play let him you know develop you know case keenum may never be a a solid starting quarterback but he hey hey was he's been a starting solid quarterback this year for a minnesota team that seems to be able to just keep it rolling with whoever they have in there um very very interesting to see what happens with teddy bridgewater but that's i've talked about him in the past and um You know, I'm not gonna you know uh, dwell too much on that. I am definitely gonna keep my my quarterback uh, scouting uh, going. We'll we'll talk a little bit about that before the show uh, ends today. But I think the quarterback scouting of Deshaun Kaiser shows a a very um, uh, a very uh, encouraging. Yeah, that's that's the word I'm gonna use to describe Deshaun Kaiser's effort today. It's encouraging because if he'd have gone out there and just you know Ryan leafed it up. If he just would have gone out there and manzelled all over himself and just showed, you know, that type of of uh, you know rookiedom where he was just lost and his confidence was shot, but no, he didn't do that. He he continued to follow the pl- the, the game plan and execute it, and tr- he tried to make you know some plays. Yeah, he, he missed on a couple of them, but on balance, the the decision making was pretty good. Um, a lot of it was simplified. He made you know quite a few passes that. Again, I, I counted six drops. That's a lot to overcome, uh, on top of you know, a, a, you know, the, the pass protection overall wasn't as good as if certainly it would be with uh, with. Um, uh thomas out there but again i'm gonna say that the the the, the level of uh, pass protection that we got the contribution especially that we got out of spencer drango is something to be very 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 not just encouraged but heartened about i'm um, uh, i'm so uh, proud of the performance of spencer drango today and that kid um you know we talked about this you don't give game balls for losses but he deserves an attaboy he deserves like if the browns had buckeyes on the side of their helmet you know and and he he needs to get a lot of them for his performance today and the overall offensive line performance to uh, mitigate a pretty good uh, Minnesota. Not to say that it was great, but I'm saying, you know, your first game in forever without your, you know, your, your future first ballot Hall of Fame left tackle. And you go out there and, and put up a lot of scoreless frames, uh, to use a baseball analogy. I think that you have um, a lot to be happy about it's unfortunate that the receiving core seem to have taken a step back but I think that that's just one of those things we're going to have to accept as the season goes along here that is a liability and one that I am more more than than happy encouraged enthusiastic to and you know feeling pretty positive that we will address in both free agency and in the draft going out and getting that stud uh, wide receiver pass catcher and also I'm going to be happy to see Corey Coleman get back and I think that's going to be very hopeful maybe it'll be I don't know when his timeline uh, is to return hopefully it will be the season and, and maybe even after the bye week now we have a, we have a long bye week now where we got uh, some some time to let some of this ruminate. Maybe Kaiser can, uh, you know, with with an offensive line that's got some time to uh, really practice and focus and get game plan for, I don't even know who our next opponent is, but I don't care. Just these guys, I think, getting a break uh, after this uh, tough start to the year, and 8 you know, um, it, it's not... Uh, exactly what I expected But can we finish the year Four and uh, four I mean, That'd be nice You know As you kind of uh, uh, Reset expectations For the yes for the rest of the year I think if we'd finish Two and six um, I'd be pretty happy with that Four and four I'd be over the moon about Anything above that I'd be You know Ready to Um uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, buy playoff tickets next year, uh, but I'm just looking at at improvement in key areas and seeing that the offensive line could hold together, seeing that Kaiser could hold together, seeing that Isaiah Crowell, Cro- you know, Crowell has gotten righteously a lot of uh, of bad uh, press. He really has not performed. Uh, I think. I think personally. To the level that you would expect the guy in a contract year, he had. I mentioned you know many times today. He had the fumble. He had a pretty good game outside of the fumble. He had a, a play where he really you know ripped into the end zone on a touchdown early on. He had a um a, a play where he caught a a little uh, shovel pass out from Kaiser and a broken play it was really nice. Great play by the kid uh, to end the first half, which you know I need to need to mention that at the end of the first half in the red zone. That's where he's had problems all year. This game on this day. He didn't have those problems. He not only uh, held it together where we didn't uh, give up a, 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 a turnover and not only did it to where we got points out of it, but we got a touchdown out of it. So hats off to Kaiser on that play. But a lot of it had to do by the, the um, uh, you know, the, the, what do you call it, the innovation by uh, uh, Crow. Coming out of pass protection And then catching the pass Taking it down the field He really does excel When he's at the second level And his, his vision at that point Is well He ends up Of course running up The back of the legs Of, uh, of Richard Higgins At the end of it Because that's what he does But Crowell You know Outside of the fumble He atoned well He played well And that's encouraging uh, Duke uh, but, you know did his normal duke had some problems i think today with the with the uh, the turf he wasn't able to do the cutback as well as he's uh, as as he's as as we're used to seeing and i think that that mitigated a lot of his uh, big playability or just his playmaking ability period um because of what he does in the offense with the, in the passing game and kind of being a security blanket uh so that's you know but again the 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 drops by the wide receivers and the um the uh, the tight ends were you know that that was that was that was a problem that when you combine that with everything else unable to overcome and so that's that's what it is it's a young team that now I, I am looking forward to seeing what the rest of the year is going to uh, provide I'm looking forward to see what you know how these guys are going to bounce back after. You know, really disappointing start to the year I'm sure that some people think, oh, they're not going to bounce back It's just going to be, you know, terrible For, uh, you know, for and, and maybe It will be, I don't know But uh, what I do know is That there was improvement today And, and that's you know, there, There's been a lot of uh, you know, hand wringing over a lack of improvement as a team, and I don't think that is justified because I think there has been improvement on this team. I think if you look this team, I think if this team played last year's team, this team this team would solidly beat last year's team. Now, okay, that's a one in fifteen team, so you know, no no great shakes there, but. You know goes back to what we 've talked about all year and if you did if you had a chance to listen to mine and uh, and Mantle's conversation from the other about two hours long where basically what I did was I brought the guy up to speed on you know he's a, he's a guy that was with us every day and then had you know kind of a a, a life change from the standpoint of his work schedule uh, switched and he's just unable to watch on um, Sundays and he's not in the area and so on. So he really hasn't had a chance to pay attention to anything to after the end of last season up until this year. So I spent, you know, I went through the entire offseason with him, all the moves that were made and everything that transpired and in everything that has happened up to this season up until now and it, getting his reaction on it. and so, But just going through it, just going through step by step. Um, I know that there are a lot of people that look at this At an 0-8 year and think there hasn't been any Improvement and that we need to start warming Up the truck to start firing people I remain especially after today's game As resolute and steadfast as I ever have that we, we need to keep these guys together. We need to keep this process going. I understand and I've, I've acknowledged, I've, I've mentioned up front the shortcomings of Hugh Jackson and the game time decision and some of the other ways. But you know what? This whole handling of the quarterback position has been the one area that has been the most damning of all of it to this point. And watching the way that Kaiser went out there and reacted and performed today, I got to say, a, lo- a lot of that has now uh, washed away. A lot of that has, because the reason that all of that is so problematic is because of what it does to a young quarterback's psyche, what it does to a young team's psyche. Um, this this time uh, uh, part into the season, and that hasn't. Uh, worked out that way. Kaiser hasn't come away from this whole thing, you know, just mentally wrecked. And the team hasn't come away from this whole thing, just, just you know, mentally unable uh, to cope. They haven't been able to, um, you know, overcome the loss of injuries to key players. You know, Miles Garrett didn't play today. Jason McCordy didn't play today. That's your best edge player. That's your best uh, cornerback. Those guys didn't play today. Larry Elgin Joby, your, your best three tech guy, didn't play today. Um, Coley, who was your starter at three, you know, he didn't play today. Today, they had to overcome a lot of that. Uh, Peppers didn't play today, although I don't know that that's you know necessarily. A, you know, he also didn't give up a touchdown day. But I mentioned you know that that Campbell did, and it was it was a it was like a play that Peppers gave up earlier today, which also leads to something. That maybe maybe the issue is not Peppers. Maybe Peppers has just had some miscommunication problems because the defense lends that. It lends itself to that sort of thing. That certainly would be... I'll tell you what, it would look a lot... This whole season would have a much better look to it if Peppers is able to somehow get back on the field and and look and play about as well as the safety position cuz the safety position has played a lot better the last couple of weeks but it had it you know a brain cramp again today that led to a score and when you have all of these things that i mentioned you know missing the extra point missing the the, the short field goal giving up giving them uh, essentially three field goals in circumstances a muff the timeout at the end of the half the not uh, the, the, then the fumble at the that's that's 9 points that when you you do that type of a swing when you when you combine you know us not getting uh, those those easy points. That that all makes a difference, and that's what leads it to at the end of the game. Instead of us possibly being able to go down and drive and and uh, and and tie it up, or or go ahead late in the game, where um you know we're we're down and we're uh, you know we're we're so down we're down by multiple scores, and that's where you have you know plays having to be slower to develop, and you know Kaiser ends up. I don't know how many sacks we gave up today, but it wasn't very many. So that's what I'm saying. You know, in the first game in so, in so long without Joe Thomas, you would expect, um, especially with you know the way a quarterback has been on this team for the last couple of years, that you're going to go out and you're going to give up like six or seven or eight or nine, ten sacks. But it wasn't that at all. So pass protection, encouraging. The play by the running back position overall, encouraging. Even though, you know, Crow had, you know, the, the you know, problems and it wasn't all just the uh, uh, the fumble but overall I think his positives outweighed the negatives Um, the defense overall uh, play with the injuries especially factored into that uh, was encouraging and the fact that probably the most encouraging thing about this young team is that they fought all the way to the end even with those mistakes even with those problems they fought all the way to the end and that more than To me, okay, that more than clock management, that more than uh, whether or not he should have an offensive uh, coordinator, which, again, today is another one of those games where it doesn't really that that doesn't that that argument doesn't really hold water with me because the offensive um, play calling was getting guys open and we were we just weren't able to execute. Um, where I, I would definitely disagree with the play calling down by the goal line on um, on, on the, the possession that led to a field goal that we did get, which gave us the lead 16 to 15 late in the game. Um, but again, that that type of stuff, that type of stuff is not as important to me and I don't think is as important to a coach in a situation like this. Or I shouldn't say. uh, It's not important for a coach to keep the team together, to keep this young team together, so that way they eventually. Because they eventually. I'm. I'm. I'm just. I'm. I. I feel like this is going to happen. Eventually, these guys are going to put it together offensively and defensively and win some games. Wouldn't it be cool? Wouldn't it be cool if they if they win two games this year and it's against Pittsburgh and Baltimore, respectively, or maybe they get a third one against uh, the Natty? How how great would it be if we go three and 13? How how would your perspective change if we go three and five to finish the year? But the three wins were against those three teams. I'm just saying maybe playing them twice we get a better familiarity, you know better you know time around I'm just oh it, it, it could happen it could happen dare to dream and um i I, I leave this um this analysis as i as I kind of close it out here um again encouraged overall. I'm encouraged overall by what I saw today. Uh and yeah, we end up losing the game. So, yeah, we're uh we're uh, you know, now closer once again to getting that first pick. I did tease this so I have to uh, to pay it off. Um I started doing some uh, some quarterback scouting. Um not, you know, heavily, but I think that what I'm going to do that I didn't do last year, but I'm going to do, maybe I did it last year a little bit, but I'm going to I think each week I'm going to as I scout more um, I should at least have a full... Like, a week-a prospect on the quarterback position anyway is, I think, a reasonable thing that I can do, when, especially when you're talking about evaluating Brown's game tape and so on. Uh, and I am very much looking at... Um, you know, I don't know how it's going to turn out with Kaiser. I'm encouraged by a Kaiser's performance today. I'm really looking forward to what I. I you know, that's the thing. I, after the game today, I'm really looking forward to what the second half of the season is going to be with a a Kaiser that that looks like a you know look with, with a Kid Zeppelin out there that looks like he might be able to pull it together mentally. He, that he hasn't totally shot. That he might actually go out there and and, and perform and improve. You remember that the Raiders were like oh and ten or whatever when uh, Derek Carr's rookie year when uh, when they were able to you know to turn it around and, and it made a big difference. Uh, so you know, again, we'll see how that all unfolds. But I'm encouraged. But look, even with that, if we end up with the top pick or the second pick or something, then uh, I'm definitely going to be, you know, looking at quarterback. And we're just we're going to be looking at quarterback anyway. And so the quarterback that uh, I, I I looked at two guys this week. I looked at Mason Rudolph, and I looked at uh, Lamar Jackson out of um, uh, Louisville. And Rudolph uh, out of Oak State And so with, with Rudolph um, Saw a guy that know was talking about this the other day With uh, somebody asked about how you How you uh, quantify The um, You know the scouting And I think that you know, I, I tried to put it in ways like you know, you look at things uh, like the footwork. Obviously, it, it, the things that stand out immediately are the size of the guy and the arm strength. Those are the kind of the measurables that you see right away. You know, people get into hand size and so on, and that you know accounts for something, I guess. Girth, you know, whether or not the guy can hold up that that sort of thing, and that's important, right? But it's important um, to an extent, and not as important as other things. Uh, And a lot of those things that are important Are very difficult to see when you're scouting somebody So you have to it's It's a mixed bag Accuracy Um, Is something that's very difficult But you know is a guy can he drop it In between the linebacker and the safety And can he hit the receiver in stride while doing that Um, Is he able to Make the right read You know does he read defenses Is he asked to read defenses and if he does read Defenses how does he do how well does he do at it Is he running a sort of offense that is Conducive to that and is He making throws Into tight windows Or are his receivers either Wide open or making great uh, plays because they're great, you know, players. You know, wide receivers making great, you know. It, in other words, it, 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 the, are, the numbers may be gaudy, but that's just why I don't even think you look at numbers. Honestly, when you're when you're scouting quarterbacks, especially, I don't even think that you look. And, and what I'm saying when you look, I, I I do the draft breakdown, and honestly, I don't even look at the scoreboard unless it's like a game situation where you're looking at it late and you see how a guy is uh, going to perform in crunch time, and that's something that is. Im- It has a value as well How does a guy perform Late in a game How does he do under pressure Both in terms of the pressure That you get um, If your pocket breaks down You know How good is the offensive line That he's playing with Are they good Are they bad Uh, And if they're bad, how does he handle that? How does he step, you know, does does he step up in the pocket and make uh, throws on a row? You know, all of those things you kind of put into a, uh, you know, and and evaluate, you know, whether or not a guy is is good. Does he do these things? How often does he, does he throw, does he constantly throw, right, into like quadruple coverage? Because he's got that much confidence in his arm strength to be able to, to thread the needle between four guys. Now it may be that he completes that pass, and it may be that you look at it and say, Whoa, "Look at that! You know, look at that. the impressive, uh, you know, throw he's able to make there." Okay, that's great. Um, and to some extent, I mean, it, it, these things are, are difficult. If the guy is doing it all the time, you know, and he's constantly fitting it into super tight windows, then you say, "Oh, maybe there's maybe there's something to this." Um, but generally speaking, if the guy is constantly throwing into triple and quadruple coverage, it's it's because it's bad decision making. Um, so that you have to factor that into the equation as well, and you put all of that together, and you realize that scouting the quarterback has everything to do with the cerebral really it has everything to do with um because even accuracy i mean it's a physical thing but it's you know it's how you're able to to hit a target and 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 if you're missing right if you're missing. Uh, the deep pass Are you missing Why are you missing it? Are you missing it Consistently the, every time Like are, if you're missing it Are you missing it The same way Every time that you drop back Or are you missing it uh, Differently each time It helps to gauge What is really Going to be necessary uh, In terms of, of Correcting that That issue If it, if it is an issue uh, You know Patrick Mahomes Last year was a guy That I just loved Scouting I loved him so much I, I would have been Happy uh, Drafting him Number one overall And I even with uh, uh, hindsight now, as good as Miles Garrett has looked, I still would not have a problem with drafting Patrick Mahomie, number one overall. Uh, no doubt I would still do it, number one, if we had it. To, because when you go back and you look at this kid's tape, uh, all those things that I mentioned, by the way, you know, how you dealing with His offensive line was hot trash uh, at Texas Tech. But he was constantly, you know, able to make those those step-ups and uh, and then be able to make these just gorgeous passes that were on the money, 30 and 40 yards on the field. And I think that, that Kansas City is going to have a superstar when he eventually gets on the field. But at any rate. Not that that guy was a freak. And at the college level, you know, like Carson Wentz the year before that, he maybe had like two or three of those where Mahomes would just throw them up one after another, after another, after another, after another. I think it was uh, Krupka put up the the, the 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 thread where he had like 60 of these cut ups. It was actually more like 120 of them, but like 60 of them were just these beautiful passes that he's just dropping one after another, after another, after another. Okay, so you look at that sort of thing. And so the two guys that I've looked at are Mason Rudolph and Lamar Jackson. And so when I look at Rudolph, I see a guy that really kind of reminds me of Davis Webb, uh, the uh, guy that uh, was a... In, in terms of, and of course I have to do all of this without the benefit of Semtex. Uh, but as far as the measurables go, Rudolph, uh, you know, you look at the arm. And, and the arm is the first thing that you look at when any of these guys. And to me, it just, it's like this. Is it good enough for the NFL? There are guys that just do not have a good enough arm for the NFL. Rudolph's arm for, is for his size, because he's got good size. His arm is good enough for the NFL. Um, His accuracy is suspect It's inconsistent And then, you know and, and so for me, I watched all of his tape this year Um, Got about And I may go back and watch uh, some of it But I came away kind of feeling like, eh You know, maybe I'll have to watch more of it Um, But I can't, and I didn't even bother watching the tape earlier this year But from what I see um, You know, kind of a second round, third round You know, grade right now And that's kind of being generous I spent a lot of time looking at Lamar Jackson. And I like I said I may come back to Rudolph at some point, but I'm I'm not I'm just not I'm not feeling it right now. I might come back to it. But Lamar Jackson is a guy that I spent a lot of time watching. Because he is an intriguing fellow. Lamar Jackson is the quarterback for Wool. And they um, when when I understand that people, when they put on the tape or they just watch the highlights, that they can immediately come away w- w- thinking that he is going to be the next Michael Vick. And from a measurables standpoint, it's it's understandable as to why. Although he's he's a little bit bigger, he's skinnier, but he's, he's right-handed as opposed to being left-handed absolutely has a cannon right uh, i say that you, you just kind of need to be good enough for, for my estimation for the nfl and uh, what jackson has is more plenty more way more than good enough it's he's on a you know he he can throw uh, on a solid rope you know 35 yards at it. Very, very uh, Good arm, not just a good arm, a very Very, uh, so far, you know, the best arm I've seen in the class, and I would put it With, you know, Mahomes had the strong arm uh, Last year And, uh, well, Cardell had, like, one of the stronger, Cardell And Jeff George and, like, Joe Flacco I think are in the league as far as the The the, the top, like, they're 10 out of 10 And then, like, Wentz was maybe Like, 9 out of 10, and that's where Mahomes was, and that's kind of Where I put, um, uh Jackson at you know and and 9 out of 10 anything anything 8 or above is is you know canon is way beyond and i think anything like 5 to to 8 is nfl you know average and you can do it anything above like a 5 and these are very subjective uh scales if the uh, combine ever actually does velocity measurements i do not count i do not count i do not take seriously even for a second the velocity measurements that are kept at the combine um like I say, until they line the guys up at the combine and say, throw it as hard as you can. And we're going to measure it until they do that. I don't it doesn't matter to me. The velocity measurements at the combine and OK, um, and I don't know why they don't do that. They just they take just these random samples and then people ascribe all these meaning to them. Like, oh, you got to get above fifty five or else guy doesn't have enough. OK, well, you know, Cody Kessler got Got fifty five. Exactly. And that's supposed to be the best. And people think that he doesn't have a, a, a enough of an arm. Again, anyway, I think you have to have enough. And if you've got enough, then, then again, the rest of it is so much more important. The accuracy, the decision-making, uh, being, uh, being able to read a defense, and on, and on, and on. And so those are the things that you have to look at. So as I'm, I'm looking at Lamar Jackson, and I'm seeing a guy that, from the pocket, First of all, to me, from the pocket, he looks way, way more poised and um, polished as a passer than I ever saw Michael Vick in college. He just looks way, I mean, as a pocket passer, he is substantially ahead of the curve. And then on top of that, then, he makes a lot of really nice passes. He can make that pass that I'm saying uh, over the linebacker and in front of the safety. He can hit the guy in stride. Does he do it all the time? No. He's got some uh, some consistency issues with the accuracy. Uh, it 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 can sometimes manifest itself if um, and in, sometimes in big games it gets it gets worse. Uh, not to say that in every big game uh, it's been a problem. They almost beat Clemson, you know, last year. They were you know within a hair's breadth away from doing it, uh, and he and he was a reason why. He definitely can make. Uh, some, I mean, as just as far as he can make every play that there is, uh, but not every pass is a fastball. He's definitely able to fit into tight windows, and whether you're talking about um, deep down the sideline, deep down the middle. Uh, deep post, he's able to make those throws, and so I am very and it, okay. So the thing about Lamar Jackson is a lot of people kind of immediately dismiss him because he fits a stereotype, if you will, about the the running quarterback. I, look to me, I'm seeing a guy that they have a lot of that built into their offense, but he's not a a guy that is as soon as his you know two reads or one read is gone that he's taken off every time. Like Johnny Manziel, that was something that I saw a lot from him in college. He doesn't do that. I mean, Jackson will hang in there. He does seem to go through progressions. He does seem to be able to read a defense sometimes better than others, but by and large, he you know does make a lot. Of, he does do a lot of that. So you. Uh, but the reason that there is the comparison to Vic, and the reason that he's such an intriguing character as as a prospect, is because he is really, 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 really good with the ball in his hands. He is absolutely. In fact, he's somebody that uh, in talking with Corey. Um, He didn't know where to put him because he could be possibly, you know, Josh Gordon-like at the wide receiver position because of his size and because of his, you know, just crazy athletic ability. I think that that makes him an intriguing prospect because he legit could be a guy that if for some reason it didn't work out at quarterback, um, I look at him, unless he can do it from the pocket, unless he has a full-on ability to play quarterback from the pocket, the rest of it doesn't really matter to me. It's just icing on the cake as far as I'm concerned. But there's a lot of that icing on the cake and I think that he is I think he does have a you know first round in my opinion passer pocket passer traits to look at that when you combine that with the okay if it, if it didn't work out for some reason if he just couldn't put it together if he did like prior uh, what he can do with the ball in his hands um, is is something that you know, you, you could you could bail on the quarterback portion of it and focus on wide receiver and possibly get, but you don't know if the guy can catch and it's certainly it's it's a crapshoot. It's a wild card. But I'm not, it, just looking at it from that standpoint, it makes the gamble worth it. But I'm just thinking, I'm thinking that as the season goes along, as the draft season comes along, and I haven't looked at everybody. Don't don't take this as I've looked at, at, at Falk and Finley and, and Rosen and everybody. I, I haven't. I haven't looked at, 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 at anybody. I've looked at Mason Rudolph and I've looked at Lamar Jackson and I'm just saying that as the draft season goes along, it would. Wouldn't be surprising to me. If uh, if he skyrockets up the uh, the boards and 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 is looked at heavily as the as the first player that is ultimately taken, time will tell. But as I say, um, I'm going to at least do a guy a week. And when I do these uh, programs with you on Sunday, I can among going over what the Browns did as we have done today. Um, I can also talk to you about somebody that I have looked at from the week before. I don't know who it'll be next week, but so you'll have to uh, tune in or just hit the player as. It were to find out enjoy talking to you every week uh, enjoy um being able to uh recap i think again more more encouragement than discouragement today even though it's a loss uh on the road in london i'm looking forward to what the second half of the season is going to bring my name is easy weave this is easy does it on the DBN network if you'd like to uh, throw your voice into the ring for what we do here hit me up easyweave at gmail.com Happy to um, talk to you every single week. Have a wonderful time out there. We'll talk again soon. Good luck. Take care. See Hi, I'm Karis Fisher. I want to tell you about another podcast you should check out. It's called Recode Decode. Every week I talk to tech and media's key players about how they're changing our world. I interview tech executives like Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg, political figures like Hillary Clinton, and media personalities like John Carreyu who literally wrote the book on Theranos. Once again, the name of the show is Recode Decode, hosted by me, Kara Swisher. You can find it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the show. See you there.